0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of James Talks, James Prescott here and um, welcome. Um, we've got another guest today, um, Christine Niles, who is a writer and a blogger and an author and also a good friend of mine. So welcome, Christine. Hi, well.
1: Hi James, it's
0: great to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been uh, a long time coming this one. Um, yeah, Christine's an expert on um, writing and publishing and all those kind of things. She's written some really great stuff and got loads of wisdom about writing and creativity, all that kind of thing. So we're going to be talking a bit about that today. Um, So yeah, so just uh, introduce yourself, Christine. Tell us a bit about yourself and your story.
1: Sure, thanks. Um, I have been writing off and on since I was a little kid um, telling stories, making things up. You know, I was the daydreamer in school that got in trouble for staring out the window because I was making stories up in my head, but i I had not taken myself seriously as a writer until, uh, long about the time I was approaching my 40th birthday. Um, uh, and I had, you know, I would write something and then I think, Oh, this isn't good enough. And I would jam it in a drawer and I wouldn't think about it for five more years. Um, but as I, as I started getting a little bit older, um, I, I kept coming back to it. And it was the writing was the one thing that kept coming back and kept coming back. Hmm. And so I, I finally realized I was putting a lot of energy into a, a soul-sucking corporate job. And I finally, I asked myself, what if I put this energy into something that mattered? And as I kind of dug deep, I realized that writing was the thing that mattered to me. Um, and so I, uh, I read a John Cuff book called quitter. Um, and it really inspired me to sacrifice a little bit of something that mattered to me and not sacrifice anything that to, for my family, which meant, you know, my hobby of sleep. And I, <laughs> I gave up a little bit of my hobby of sleep to get up super early in the mornings, Uh, And start writing and start taking myself a little bit more seriously. And so I started, I had been blogging. um, I started my first blog in 2006, uh, when we were starting the adoption process for my older daughter. And I did it just to keep my family informed of what was going on, because I couldn't keep track of who I would told what. Um, but in the process, everybody's like, oh, you should write a book. You should write a book. And I kind of dismissed it and I I didn't take myself seriously, but you know, about that point, I'm like, okay, maybe I should give this a try and you know, maybe I should start with it and stick with it. Um, and so I got up at five o'clock in the morning and I blogged at least twice a week for about 18 months. Wow. Um, and during that period of time, um, I just, I really, I started connecting with other bloggers. I mean, I think that's when we met and, and mm, I started building yeah. relationships and building a, a very small readership on my blog. Um, and I just, I experimented with a lot of different things. And, um, after that, I, I really started feeling called, um, to leave my corporate job and, kind of start a new career as a writer, as a professional writer. Um, and so during that, through some of the relationships that I built up, uh, I discovered a, a small nonprofit uh, that was a, an interdenominational missionary organization uh, that was looking for a copywriter and uh, ended up moving into the communications manager role at that ministry. And so it, it really was kind of a, you know, it was, it was a God saying that you're ready kind of thing for me. Um, so, you know, he's, and I, it, I took a, a 75% pay cut to do it. Wow. Uh, um, but it was, uh, God told me I, I was having a really, really terrible day at the corporate job one day and I just, I curled up. I, I took a break in the middle of the work day and I worked from home. And so I curled up in a ball in my chair and I grabbed my Bible and I flipped it open and it hit Ecclesiastes and it was Ecclesiastes four six better one handful with tranquility than two hands full with toil and chasing after the wind. Mm. And that was God saying, it's time. It's you're making a ton of money at the corporate job, but you're miserable. And what God told me was you'll have enough. If you do what I tell you to do, you'll have enough. It'll be okay. I'll provide. And you'll, you might not have lots and lots, but you'll have plenty. You'll have enough. And so it, that was when I started taking real legitimate steps to quit my corporate job, and he provided. And so oh. that that to me was you know, convincing my husband that he was going to provide was uh, a fun chore. Um, but you know, eventually I played the God card, and I said, you know, <laughs> God says this is what we're supposed to do. So, and I mean, he had a nice secure job, so that that helped. Um, you know, and, and we were in a position where, you know, we, yeah, we had to cut back. Yeah, we had to make some sacrifices, but we, we could do it. Um, so God told me, you know, he, he had me wait for a really long time and in, in a lot of misery. And he had me work really, really hard on the side for a long time. Um, but then, you know, when it was time to jump, he said, okay, it's time now. Um, and I had built up the relationships and so it was through that, that I found this nonprofit and that, you know, I, I took the the job and, um, it's just, it's been fantastic. That was three years ago, I think. And so it's, it's been an interesting road, but it's, it's just been fantastic.
0: Wow. That is phenomenal. That's an amazing little little bit of a story there um um (laughs) i'm sure there's a lot more to that story so so in terms of writing and how how did how and kind of when did you discover your your voice because obviously a lot of what you do is writing for writers um but when did that kind of come about and how did it come about
1: that, that's a really good question because it did not come about um, on purpose. Uh, and I had lots and lots of false starts uh, before I hit it, before I kind of hit my stride. Um, as I said, I started out blogging, um, to just blogging our adoption story. Um, and and so that was kind of natural voice. In that I was, I was really talking to a very specific audience because I was talking to my family and friends, hmm. um, and so that was the writing was absolutely terrible. And anybody who's really interested in seeing some bad writing, it's still on my blog. <laughs> um, all those posts are still there. Um, <laughs> but it was very, yeah. it was very tell not show. Um, and I mean, it, I, what I was doing, I was writing at the end of the day when I was completely exhausted and we were hosting our daughter uh, through a hosting program. And so at the end of each day, I'd just sit down and say, this is what we did. Um, And it was, we did this and then we did that. And then we did this. And I put a couple of pictures up and it was, she stuck stickers all over a piece of furniture. And I knew that I was meant to be a mom when I thought, Oh, what a good job she did rather than, Oh, she ruined my piece of furniture. Uh, It was a lot of that type of stuff. But getting into practice was good. Um, and so when, when I came back around and said, okay, I'm going to start vlogging, I thought that what I wanted to do was be an adoption advocate. Uh, because we had been through the full adoption and I really felt passionate about the, the 153 million orphans that are out there in the world and how adoption is great for some of them and how we need to do, you know, what we can for others that can't be adopted or aren't going to be adopted. And, and so I thought I was going to be an advocate for adoption. And I started it out really preachy, um, because I wasn't, at that point, I wasn't, the audience that I had was my friends and family and some people who had come around in following our adoption journey. And what I thought I wanted to do was convince them that they needed to adopt too. Um, and I was really trying to force my agenda on other people. And I tried that for a while and it just plain didn't work. Um, and, and I, I will admit I was pretty obnoxious about it. Um, and so I, I, fell back and I kept writing. Um, uh, but then I started talking a little bit more about other ministry. I started talking about being more missional. Um, and, and I, I started, I started connecting with other bloggers and learning about audience. Um, and I had a, a really strong mentor of mine at one point. I sent a piece Um, that was my orphan manifesto and I sent it to him and he returned it back with a really simple question. He said, who's your audience? And I honestly hadn't really thought about that. Um, and at that point, my voice was, it was just kind of angry and preachy and, and he said, who's your audience? And I started really digging into that and I'm like, okay, you know, who really do I want to read this? and how am I treating that? And so it was through that that I really stepped back and I started thinking about my audience and I started thinking about who I wanted to read my writing and who what effect I wanted to have on them. And through that process I really started kind of changing how I wrote and thinking about leaving room for the reader and and then kind of through that process and through the people that I was connecting with. um, I was connecting with a lot of writers on Twitter. Mm. Um, I discovered that a lot of the people I was talking to were writers. And so, and I was answering a lot of questions for them. And that's when I started to find myself shifting into writing for writers versus really pushing an agenda. Um, I discovered in conversations that I was having on Twitter and on Facebook that what I had, I had something to say to people that were writers. Um, I had a journey that I had been on for a year or so. At that point, I had made some mistakes that I could see people asking questions about that. I'm like, Hey, I've learned that lesson the hard way. And I can help you not have as hard of a time at it as I have. Mm. And, And I found that with some technical aspects of writing, there were things I had always been a bit of a geek. And so some of the technical things about writing that other writers were having a hard time with, I found to not be as difficult. And so, and I've always, I kind of have a background in training. I did a lot of training in a couple of former lives. And so I, I've, and I've done some technical writing classes and things. And, and so that comes reasonably easy to me. And so I, I started finding a groove in answering questions about how do I do this, and you know what have I learned as a writer that I can save other people some heartache with, um, and so uh, maybe a two, about two years ago, I really kind of found a groove there, and I posted a post um, about how to survive and thrive in a large Facebook group. That was kind of my experience of being involved in a Facebook group that was, you know, over a thousand people and was really overwhelming to me for a little while. And then I kind of figured it out. Um, I found some technology things and then I found some personal boundary things that both worked out and I posted that post. And honestly, it was one that I had just, I had really knocked off very quickly. Um, it took me maybe 25 minutes to draft it. And it was just three or four things that made it possible for me to not freak out in this group. And I knocked it out and I hit publish and a couple of my writing mentors immediately shot back and they're like, you found your voice. This is it. Um, and so it, it, that, it was something that when I wrote the post, I wasn't even really thinking about it, but it, in looking back on it, it was just kind of that culmination mm. of experimenting with things that didn't work and then connecting with people and understanding the questions that they had and understanding where the intersection of their need with my knowledge really connected. Yeah. And in those, in those easy to answer things, was where
0: I found my voice yeah it's interesting isn't it how interesting how I mean I I know this from my experience and people who listen to the podcast will know a little of my story um that um you know it's through mistakes often that we actually find what our voice is it's the things that we think we get wrong that somehow turn into what we're meant to do you know um absolutely that's certainly happened with me and i think it's the same with you as well it just because then we've got something to share with other people we've got something that other people won't have you know um in a in a kind of weird kind of way it's kind of you know we've got mistakes and now we understand because we've done made the mistakes and they're not at the point where they would make those mistakes yet but they might make those mistakes if we don't talk to them about it so um you know that's that's fantastic um, and yeah, and,
1: and to, that, to that point I, I love for people to learn from my mistakes so that they can go on and make new mistakes if everybody makes the same mistakes then nobody learns anything
0: oh, I love that, I want people to learn from my mistakes so that they can go on and make new mistakes <laughs> to, that's a really that's fantastic so yeah we should all make our own mistakes and just yeah. and share those with other people and let them make their own mistakes, and let them share theirs with other people, so we can yeah. all learn. <laughs> so no, that's actually a really good way of looking at it, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah, fantastic. Um, it becomes
1: a collective learning experience.
0: Yeah, we don't learn as much from success as we do from failure. I don't think
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it's not quite the same, is it? Um, so now, yeah, so that's what you do now. Then you write a lot of stuff for writers and a lot of the work you do is for writers and you've written some books and your blog is about is for writers and it's very good by the way um river of check it out very very good site uh christine is an excellent writer um so yeah now kind of now you know writers who are listening to to this will know what i'm talking about um writer's block is something that we all Kind of go through. Um, every writer will go through it. It's like if you haven't, then you will um, probably more than once. Um, so, you know, someone who writes about writing and who's been writing for a while. I mean, how do you deal with with writer's block?
1: Uh, You know, there, there are two schools about writer's block. Um, there are, there are some writing teachers who just completely dismiss the idea and say writer's block doesn't exist. And there are some people who writers who get really trapped by it and say, you know, I'm blocked. I can't write. I'm going to go do something else. Um, and, and I kind of fall in the middle of it. Um, I I do believe that we have moments where we are just inspired and in the flow and really going. I also believe that writing is work. Um, And I think that if you train yourself and develop some discipline, it can stave off writer's block. But there are still times where I sit down and I, I just stare at the screen. Mm-hmm. Um and there are times when I find particular projects. Uh I have one right now that I'm just really, really struggling to work on. Um and one of the things that I find um that really helps with that, I have a playlist. Um I have a playlist that I have been using since I started getting up at five o'clock in the morning. So I've had that playlist for what, five years now, I think. Um, It's now named Pavlov because it has a Pavlovian effect on me. It's the same 12 songs. It's about 50 minutes long and it runs on repeat um, while I'm blogging, while I'm doing my free writing, my morning writing, um, all of that. And I play the same music over and over and over again to the point where my brain doesn't listen to the songs, but it triggers me. Um, and that has been really helpful, especially on block days when I just really I feel insufficient. When I feel like you know any word that I'm going to have to say is terrible. That I don't know what to say. That I've got you know no, no words. You know I turn that on and I start free writing. And I'll start free writing. I have no idea what to write about. And if I just keep my fingers moving, by the end of it, something comes out that's worth using. Um, no, that doesn't mean that I can sit down and knock out a blog post that I can publish on during that session, but Mm. I can get the root. If I force myself to keep my fingers moving by the end of it, something, somewhere, some glimmer of either what's in my way, what I'm scared of, what I'm worried about, or what's stressing me out that I'm not, that I'm denying. A lot of times that's something, you know, I'll have, I've had some family situations and things I have teenage, well, actually I have 20 something girls. Now my, my youngest daughter just turned 20, but Mm. you know, during those late teenage years, that was really hard. And I had things, you know, family things that would just be stressing me out. And I would find that would get in my way. And if I wrote through a lot of that, um, that's actually how I started writing thriller fiction in the mornings. Because I, I would—I'll I'll be honest—I wrote stories about my daughter's boyfriends and things that I wanted to have happen to them, and because I was so—I was so afraid. There were there were times when I was so so terrified for my kids. And so I would play those worst case scenarios out in fictional situations and it helped me get through it. Um, and, and so for a writer who's dealing with block, free writing about anything and knowing that no one is going to see it is the first thing that I always turn to. Um, and even if it's starting with, I don't know what to write about, I don't know what I'm afraid of. I'm looking out the window and it's sunny outside and I should be feeling happier. And the sun is supposed to make people happy, but it doesn't. And I'm really angry. And if I keep my fingers moving, I'll hit something that will either set me free or that I can write about or, or whatever. Um, Another thing that I do when I know I need to, I know I need to write a practical blog post or I know I need to, to do something that's, you know, worth something to somebody is I'll go to my Facebook activity log. Um, And if you click on your little head on Facebook, it brings up your profile in your cover photo. There's a thing called view activity log and I'll click through there and I'll look at questions that people have asked that I've answered And I'll use that to remind myself that I have something to offer to somebody. Um, And a lot of times I'll skim back through that. I'll look at the questions that I've answered and those will trigger ideas for posts Um, because they're, they're things that other people have specifically said, I need to know this. And that somewhere in my brain there's been an answer for. Um, and that's been really helpful for coming up with blog post ideas, coming up with book ideas, you know, looking at you yeah. know,
0: what people
1: are asking, um, what questions, what issues, what they're struggling with that I've already struggled through. Um, so those, those are two really good foolproof things that I've used that's, to get through block.
0: That's really amazing. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm totally with you on the, I mean, when I when people ask me about writer's block, I always say free writing because that's how I got through writer's block. You know, that's yeah. You, know, you just sit down and you kind of wait for something to come out, and whatever comes out comes out, and you don't think about what's coming out. It just comes out, and whatever inside will just come out. And I mean, I said this before. You know, when I took my break from public writing, um, it was how I got through that. It was how I dug through the stuff on the surface and actually got to what was really inside of me and found my mm-hmm. most authentic, honest voice, you know, and what I really wanted to say was doing that every day, um, and disciplining myself to do it every day, even if it was just rubbish, you know, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so I definitely in for that, and that Facebook idea is a very good idea, I mean, it's, as well, you know, very practical, um, <laughs> To get ideas for blog posts, just find out what people are. What are people asking you about? You know, because mm-hmm. people ask me stuff on Twitter, on the social media as well. Ask me questions, um, and I always mean to take more notice of them. You know, um, but uh, that's a good reminder, definitely.
1: Um, so. yeah, and it's, it's a real good pick me up when you're feeling down, you're feeling low, you're feeling like you don't have a lot to offer. Cause I, I know that's common with a lot of writers is, you know, at some point we all sit and stare at the screen and say, you know, who am I to tell somebody something? Who am I to teach somebody something? Who, you know, what do yeah. I have to say that's a value? I mean, we all suffer that doubt. And at some point or other, and if you go back and skim through that and you can see you are somebody that has something to offer and you are somebody who has answered questions and who has been helpful to people. That's, that's really encouraging too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so actually going kind of naturally going on from that, talking about, um, artistic integrity and, Authenticity, honesty in your work. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, as a as a writer, as kind of someone who does it to a high standard and publishes work, and you know, whatever it, there's always a te- there's always a temptation to sacrifice integrity and authenticity for um, stuff we know will get a lot of hits. You know, and you know, like keywords or key phrases or titles or whatever topics that we know will get a lot of hits um, and the temptations all around us all the time. Um, so how do you manage to keep your integrity and authenticity um, and maintain that kind of balance, which is what I, I talk about this in my book, the dance of the writer. I call it a, because it's like a dance, you know? It is. Um, it is. I, so,
1: I love that metaphor. I absolutely love that.
0: So how do you, how do you manage to do that?
1: Um, that's a hard question. Um, it's definitely something that, that I've struggled with. Um, especially when I first started, um, when I first started blogging really seriously and, and started really starting to connect and gain some traction with writers, um, I was, I was almost obsessed with stats. Um, and and it it was really unhealthy for me and I know I know that's something you've struggled with in the past as well um yeah. and I think a lot of us do yeah. um I would I would look I I had you know Google Analytics was practically set up as the home page on my browser um because I just I would I was looking at it you know multiple times a day and I was looking at Mailchimp and you know looking at, at my numbers and it was super unhealthy and I mm-hmm. I was looking ahead to you know, what kind of, I was looking at the calendar and I was looking at trending topics. So I was saying, okay, how can I spin into something? And the temptation is still there. Um, I mean, I will, I will readily admit that as of the day that we're recording, uh, this is, is the day that we learned that Alan Rickman died. And I will readily admit that one of my thoughts was I need to write a Harry Potter post. um, And, and I, you know, because that's not, that's not what I'm, I'm not about capitalizing on a trending topic just to get hits. Mm. Um, and the temptation is still there. Um, and so to me, I probably swing a little bit too far the other way. There probably are some things that I could leverage to get a little more traffic and still remain authentic and still remain true to what I do. Um, but I, I just, to me, I know that temptation is a little bit too much. It's a little bit too, too tempting. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really, I kind of lead on the, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, for mm-hmm. me, I just I know my trigger points. I know the things that are the black holes to me. And I just, I I run, I run far from them. Um, So do I lose some opportunities that way? Yes, I think I do. Um, I think I stay away from promoting some of the things that I've done. Um, And there are, there are financial opportunities that I've probably missed out on with that. Um, I don't talk enough about some of the things that I'm doing that that I think could bring value to other writers, um, but I do it because I need to keep that authenticity. I need to stay true to myself, um, and I've seen too many people go down the hole, and and I just I I value the peace in my heart a little bit more than the financial gain of you know, or the, the egotistical gain of, you know, building a list and seeing numbers skyrocket and seeing an article trend that might not be what I'm really about.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I mean, it's better to keep your integrity than to kind of, I always say this, it's better to keep your integrity than to lose your soul, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can, and you definitely lose something when you sacrifice integrity, You definitely do, you know, um, and then you can make all the money in the world and you have all the the followers in the world, but you'll, you won't be you, you'll be something else and something inside you will die, you know? Um, and then you might miss out on the work that you were actually made to do, the thing that you were meant to write, you know? Um, so yeah. And that's a balance that I think all of us have to constantly struggle with and, like, yeah, be aware yeah. Of.
1: it's it's a hard dance, um, and and that's why I love the metaphor that you've given it with the dance, because it's I, balance is almost a misnomer. It's almost a, a, not really the right word because it it's not it's not a zero sum game. It's not an either or. It is an art. It's a dance. It's about finding what works right now for my soul and for my audience. Um, And I I mean, I find for me, the, the point of authenticity for me is where can I not stop myself from helping someone? Um, that's really, you know, and it's part of it. I mean, in order to stay authentic, you do have to maintain some boundaries and, and take care of yourself as well and feed yourself as well. Um, I mean, I, and I really respected when you took a a break and from public blogging and, and just wrote privately for yourself for a while, because you knew that that's what you needed to do to feed your soul. And for me, when I do that, it's what brings me out of hiding what can I not stop myself from doing? You know, where, where do I feel really compelled to help? And that's, that's Mm -hmm. where I think that true authenticity falls. It's like, okay, you know, where do I have to help somebody? Where do I feel compelled? And where I have something to offer that's, that's not hard for me to offer, but really brings a lot of value to them. And that's, you know,
0: that's where my groove is, so. Yeah, that's, I love that, I love that, yeah, do what gets you out of bed, what, you know, what you can't not do, I always, right. I, I did a, I did a calling on, a series on calling, uh, on this podcast, and you can catch up on that if you like, Um but I, one of the things I said it's just something that you, you know, there's these there's voices inside of you that tell you that you have to do this, that, you know, that. The, and it can be your curiosity or it can be like an ache inside or but you know you have to do this and if you don't do it something something inside of you will die and and right. it makes you come yeah. and when you follow your calling you come alive and you, you can't not do it you know right. um it's just bursting out of you you know so um and i think you know obviously writing can be a calling so um um absolutely yeah So, th- absolutely yeah fantastic Um, I think that'd be really helpful to a lot of people. Um, so, you know, I mean, looking back at your story, is there anything you'd have done differently or, Uh, and if so, what?
1: (laughs) You know, that, that, that's another one that's, I I love asking that question to other people and it (laughs) terrifies me to answer it. Um, so it's, I I love putting people on the spot with it. So thanks for, you know, turnabout. Um, (laughs) for me I, you know, part of me believes that I am who I am because of everything that's happened exactly how it's happened um you know I try to not regret anything that I've done even though I have certainly made plenty of mistakes um but you know, if I knew then what I know now um I think I think what I would do differently is to trust myself more Trust my intuition more. Um, make more experiments and not take myself quite so seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the biggie, I guess, would be experiment more. Try more things on quicker. Um, and be okay with something not working out. Be okay with looking like a fool. Um, be okay with being who I am rather than who somebody else wants me to be. Um, I think Mm -hmm. I I tried to be too many things to other people for too long. And I I hung on to things for a little bit too long. Um, and I also, I, I stayed hidden and I experimented with supporting other people. Um, I, st- I, I, I always believed myself to be a support person rather than a, a limelight person. And I mean, I still don't like the spotlight, but that fear of the spotlight kept me from doing my own thing a lot longer than it should have. Um, and I had a, a very, very close friend and mentor ask me just a few months ago, um, he said, why aren't you doing your own thing? Um, I was helping him out with a lot of things. Um, and it, it really was to the exclusion of my own thing. And he asked me, why Why are you helping me? Why aren't you doing your own thing? And that was a, a really hard question. And it ultimately was, you know, I said, because I'm learning on, you know, <laughs> I actually said, I'm learning on your dime. And he laughed at me and he's like, well, you can learn on your own things and have something to show for it at the end of it. Um, He's like, right now you're learning on my thing. And then you don't have anything to show for it. When my thing is done, I have something to show for it, that you don't. He's like, you, you need to be experimenting and learning and doing your own thing because you know what you need to know. Um, I'm I'm kind of a podcast junkie and a webinar junkie and all that. And I, I, and I, I figured out kind of towards the end of last year that, I don't know everything by any stretch, but I know what I need to know to start taking some next steps with my own stuff. And he, it really took him asking me that question and saying, "Why aren't you doing it? You know what you need to know. Why aren't you doing it?" That um, that really helped me. So I think I would have I would have taken that leap earlier. I would have trusted myself and trusted that I know enough to get started and to kind of create. Something uh a little bit earlier.
0: All right, taking more risks, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. That's really good advice. Um, um yeah. So um okay, so let's just talk now about um Oops. what you're doing now. Um and, and some of the stuff because you I think you've got some I think you've got some material that's kind of um exclusive for listeners to this podcast. Um, uh, as well, so we're going to talk about that for a bit, and then um, and, after, and then we'll close kind of when, with you with a little bit of um, a bit of advice from you um, to everyone who's listening. So, yeah, just talk a bit about what you're doing now and about this um, special thing you've got for our listeners.
1: Absolutely I would love to um, I have a lot of things going on right now um, the uh, the idea of a polymath or the idea of a portfolio life is something that I'm really embracing um, because I do have I have my writing for writers um, and I absolutely love that that's that's really the thing that keeps pulling me out of hiding um, and I, I can't stop myself from from being helpful in that area. <laughs> Um, and right now I have available uh, a book called Start to Write. Um, and, and it's very much, it started out as a talk to the new writers coming into the nonprofit that I was working on. Um, we, we had a very uh, a, a very seasonal, um, semester-oriented uh, program where we had you know interns coming through for a semester or a year. So we had a constant flow of new writers in and out. And it started out as a talk that was eight things I wished I knew. I wished I knew when I started writing um, and going you know, to kind of trying to help them through some of the, the, the early lessons that I learned. Um, and one of my one of my friends, one of my staff writers looked at me and said, "You yeah, to make that a book. And I'm like, oh, um, yeah, OK. She's like, you do that for other people. You know, you should do it for yourself. And so I made it into a little book called Eight Essentials: The Keys to Success for New Writers. And that sounds all you know stuffy and everything. Um, and so then uh, a little while back, I, I revised it and a, I kind of rebranded it and called it Start to Write because that's really what it is. It's about how helping people start to write who want to write that don't feel like they're good enough. They've they're afraid, or they think that there are all these rules. They don't think that, you know, I had one writer friend who really wanted to write, but thought she had to go back and get a degree in writing to be able to be a writer. And right. I'm like, no, just start. And she had lots and lots of questions that were very much answered by the things that I had, had gone through with, you know, my new writers at work. Um, and so I, I rebranded that and I published that and that's available at Amazon. Um, and one of the things that I've, uh, you know, just recently started, uh, including with that as a bonus is a three week daily step-by-step, you know, just writing prompts of things to write about and, things, you know, ways to start free writing and ideas, and then what to do with those ideas. Um, and that's what I would love to offer as an exclusive uh, for for your listeners, James, um, to to kind of give them a chance to go through that three-week course and the, the three-week prompts and, and kind of help get started. And, um, and so I, I'd love to offer that. Uh, at uh riverofthoughtscom talks, uh for for listeners all the details of how to get involved in that is is right there um but really it's just it's just a a 3 week day by day step by step get started um and so that's that's something that is an exclusive that I'd love to offer and also I've got, in the works, uh, a book called Time to Write. Um, that's the project that actually is my bug-a-bear right now. I, I can't quite figure out why I can't finish it, but it, it will be finished soon. Um, and some details about how to get notified when I do finally finish that uh, will be there. But that's that's leveraging my, my past as a corporate project manager. Um, I learned a lot of Tips and tricks and techniques about how to do more in less time, how to do the right things in the time you have available, how to prioritize the projects that you have. Um, you know, as a writer, you eventually have more ideas than time. Um, and I, I will say that as as a writer and a creative. I have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of projects I want to work on. Uh, And then the project manager in me goes back and says, okay, which of these projects do I need to be working on? And Time to Write leverages a lot of those lessons um, and and shares how to do that. Um, And it also has a step-by-step element to it um, and and a little mini course that goes along with it. Um, And so that will be coming out um, soon, (laughs) Soon soon-ish, Um, I hesitate to put a date on it because every time I put a date on it, it goes whooshing past me.
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) I'm well familiar with that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I mean, it it truly is. The manuscript is, you know, about 80, 85% done. I just really need to focus. And, uh, and so that one time to write will be out uh, soonish. But then I also have, um, I also do some, some coaching and work with uh, other bloggers and writers Um, I've got a a coaching page at the website that, uh, you know, readers will be able to take a look at. Um, I do a lot of, you know, marketing optimization and things that that's kind of actually how I pay the bills. Um, I have uh, a writer friend, a blogger, a mommy blogger friend um, that actually adopted with me uh, from Ukraine many years ago. And I spent yesterday afternoon working with her to set up her mailing list. She has a post that's going viral and she's like, oh, what do I do? And, you know, help her figure out how to optimize that and, you know, actually capture some of that traffic and and build into an audience and how to capture that, but then how to honor those people based on, you know, why they came, why they gave her their email address and, and how to build a better and deeper relationship with them. Um, because she's, she's in an audience where, you know, monetization and, you know, all of that, you know, sell, sell, sell kind of thing is and affiliates and all that is, is very popular. And she's like, but you know, I need to do some of that, but I also want to be authentic with my audience and I want to build a relationship and be valuable to them. And so, you know, I coach, you know, I coach people through that, um, so I do a little bit of that. And then I also write fiction early in the mornings before the sun comes up uh, when I'm not you know, plagued with insomnia, um, and so I've been doing a, a good bit of that. I, I won NaNoWriMo last November and uh, awesome. wrote a, a novella that is a thriller. I'm, I'm working on a thriller series, uh, the Jennifer Hughes uh, mystery series. Um, and so I'm, I'm working on some of that. I have some short stories, uh, in published in collections, um, that are available on Amazon and the major retailers. And so that's kind of, I have like all these different things going on. So there'll be links to all of that stuff, uh, on the page at, uh, river slash James talks. So we don't have to plague people with 9 million links.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but that's, that's kind of a, I've got a little bit of everything going on.
0: That's- that's awesome that's really awesome I mean <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I don't really know what to say fantastic and of course you've got the blog as well haven't you uh, mirrorofthoughts.com um, which has got loads of stuff yeah, as I as well. blog at random I,
1: I don't blog on any kind of a, a schedule I just I, I kind of blog at random when when I find a question that's coming up or you know I, I go skim my Facebook activity log and say oh yeah I've answered that like three different times now maybe I ought to blog about that um, and so, you know, subscribers get those blog posts, um, and I, I'll, I share them on social media when I do post them. Um, but I, I try not to inundate subscribers with, you know, emails just for the sake of keeping to a schedule. And you know, I try to only blog when I have something really valuable to say.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a very authentic <laughs> thing to do, actually. Um, I really admire that. Yeah. Some people we'll just blog for the sake of it. Other people, you know, um. It's better to write when you've got something to say. Definitely, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, and and I, I do think that there is there's something to be learned from the discipline of keeping to a schedule. Um, but that's something that I did for you know two years, and and I did it you know pretty consistently. Uh, you know, I might have missed two posts in two years or something, and and so I think you know that's one of those you know lessons that I've. I've learn. And I did get to a point where I was publishing things for the sake of publishing them as opposed to having something good to say. Um, and I think, you know, once you've learned to stick to a schedule and once you've learned the discipline of doing it, then you know it's really wise to take a step back and, and start thinking about, okay, you know, why am I talking? You know, why am I publishing? And, um, I could probably blog a little more often than I do, but, um, but I I really want to make sure that what, what I am posting has value
0: that's good that's really good so wow well, it's been really good talking to you today christine and um you'll we'll definitely have you um back at some it's point been my well. pleasure um so um just so just to finish if there was one bit of advice that you would give to you know people who are kind of near the beginning of their writing journey um to kind of encourage and support them and you know really get them going what what would you say
1: I would say that your words matter a lot more than you might think they do. Um, Your words are important. You are far more talented than you think. Um, And don't fall prey to that nagging voice in the back of your head that wonders if you're good enough. Um, You're absolutely good enough. You are good enough just as you are. You're good enough Um, that whatever you have to say is going to mean something to someone, even if you doubt that.
0: Fantastic. That's fantastic advice. Thank you, Christine. You're
1: very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. So everyone check out riverofthoughts.com slash James talks for all those offers and all the information about all those books and Christine's work and stuff. And, um, and if you're um, a member of my, I'll just let you know I've got a Facebook group called writers together, which is a, which is a Facebook group for writers, um, which I kind of run. Um, And this podcast will be on that, will be posted on that group. And it's a space for writers to share their work and to get accountability and support and encouragement. And I do a few things on there to help writers. And I think we're going to try and get Christine on there to do some stuff as well. So um, go and join that group as well. Um, Writers Together on Facebook. And um, yeah, riverofthoughts.com slash Talks So, yeah, thanks, Christine, again, and um, I'll talk to everybody soon.